Hey there, welcome to the Pittsburgh Zero Power Half Hour. I'm Chris Pugh, Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek here. Just say hi, guys. This is always the most awkward time of this podcast. Just say say hi. I don't know if you're paying attention to the later part of the podcast when it starts to get super awkward. Oh, yes. Yes. This is awkward, (laughs) but so is that. Okay. Uh, We're doing great. Uh, We're we're excited. We just had a a really great conversation uh, on uh, the previous recording that we just did. So hopefully everybody can check that out. but we're we're excited to have some more conversations about Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we used to do yeah, two segments. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We used I'm to doing do fine, thanks. Okay. Oh, no, Paul. No, go ahead. See you I'm gonna... You didn't answer right away. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say over the weekend, I did one of those, one of those like sock things with this lotion in it that kills off the dead skin on your foot. And it, my foot looks like a zombie right now. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. I'm so glad I know that right horrible. now. Yes. Oh, it man. Horrible. All right. Well, well, welcome, Paul. I'm glad that you I'm glad you, so you and your zombie foot have joined us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to eat brain. No, I don't want to see it. I, I felt bad. <laughs> Like 30 seconds ago, I felt bad when I blew over Paul, and now I'm like, I should be like, Paul, I really should have blown over him. <laughs> yes. I can't believe I stopped for that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, the promo, um, you know, we're on the Ohio one as well as the Behind the Steel Curtain.com network. Um, you can catch one of our uh, episodes usually on Behind the Steel Curtain.com. You can catch both episodes. On the Ohioan Network, and yeah, be sure to check it out because we had Charlie Goldsmith from Cincinnati Inquirer um, shared with us a little bit about what the Bengals are going through, getting ready for the Super Bowl, and also kind of gave some insight. Uh, very good to check out. Uh, he talked about how he felt about Big Ben's play, um, how the Sewage receivers have a chance. I mean, he's higher on some of the skill position guys, and you know we've been in the past with the podcast, and he gave. Uh, he pawned his Steelers GM cap, uh, and he said, hey, swing big. And, and we want to talk about that uh, on this show. Um, guys, I shared with you, Najee Harris was on one of the CBS Sports Talk programs, I think, over the past week. And, you know, I, I respect Najee Harris. Um, you talk to these guys, these NFL players, and these NFL players know what to say. You know, they've got the, hey, we're trying hard. You know, we're working to give us a team, everything else. They don't always throw out tidbits. Like um, Ashton Doolin, I have him on my personal podcast. Uh, he's a receiver for the Colts. Very by the book. Ashton's been through media training. He knows what to say. <laughs> Najee, to his credit, and he's a reporter's dream, Najee comes out and says what he says. I mean, he's not, you know, reading the PR handbook or anything. Uh, he's done that for the season, and they asked him. They said, "Najee, you know, Big Ben's retired. Where do you want? Where would you think the Steelers should go?" And Najee starts spouting off quarterbacks. He mentioned three. He said Aaron Rodgers. He said Deshaun Watson. He said Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we could talk here about if we agree with those three, but let's first talk about the broader point. I think, and, you know, one of our um, colleagues on Behind the Steel Curtain, he had a tweet the other day saying, hey, you know, the Steelers need to be patient. And to a certain point, I agree. We, you know, the Steelers can't trade 50 first-round picks for Russell Wilson. 
I understand you can't mortgage the future too much, but understand the Steelers have holes. They got a lot of holes they got to fill. But at the same time, with some of their skill players, when I say that, I'm really looking at guys like TJ Watt, Najee Harris, Pat, Pat Firemuth. You don't want to waste these guys' prime years. And yes, I know Mason Rudolph might be better than we think he is next year. But if you want to have a chance of winning, and guys, we got to tip our hat to Mike Tomlin. For as many holes as the team had last year, they won nine games. They probably shouldn't have won nine games. And maybe it was because of Mike Tomlin. The Steelers, in my opinion, should swing big because you don't want to tick off Najee. You don't want to tick off TJ Watt. Let's go get that guy. Let's get a couple more wins and let's contend. I know our, the offensive line still struggles, but we just talked to Charlie Goldsmith. I mean, he's covered the Bengals all year. And I don't know if the Bengals' offensive line's better than the Steelers right now. And the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I think they could contend with a better quarterback and the team the rest of the way it is. If you go in the next year of Mason Rudolph and try and prove other parts of the team, what makes you different than the Cleveland Browns? The Browns have a good team on paper. They don't have that franchise quarterback. And the Browns have stunk for the past couple of years, with the exception of last year. We don't want to be like the Browns. I say let's go swing big and see what we can get. What do you guys think? Uh, Mike Tomlin's answer for everything is the standard is the standard. So I'll ditto that. What, what does that mean? We, we, it means we <laughs> – we we win. The team wins. The Steelers win. It's a okay. competitive franchise. We can't the Steelers can't go into the season saying Mason Rudolph is our dude. Um they have to swing bigger than that. Period. Standard is the standard. And I see my zombie feet. <laughs> no. With the zombie feet. I don't want to see these. Uh, yeah. uh that's a Paul I don't think there's big. a reason not to swing big, you know. Like I don't think anybody needs to go and huh, let's let's, just, uh, let's let's make some small moves. I don't think that's anywhere in anybody's mind right now. But which direction are you swinging? Um, I think some of the moves that they would have to be that would be you know uh, uh, big swings would be trying to get Aaron Rodgers or or, or Russell Wilson. And I think you end up mortgaging a lot of the future on something that is still only <clears throat> short term. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would prefer seeing them taking a big swing like trading up in the draft to get the quarterback that they want. I think that's yeah. the swing, the big swing to make, not trying to get to bring Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh. That's that's just my opinion. I don't know uh, anything after. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not even wild about Russell Wilson. I think the the only big swing you have in free agency is going out to get Aaron Rodgers. That's just my opinion. I think everything else is you're looking at various degrees of a little bit better than what you have. Um, well, so I think taking a big swing and going after one of the the top quarterbacks in the draft and making sure that you land one of those in the first round is where Pittsburgh needs to be. And let me identify. I'm going to ask Paul the same question: What qualifies as a big swing? Because you know, I mean, someone could sit there and say, 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a big swing, which you know is ridiculous. For me, that's a bunt. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is getting older. I think some of his views on vaccinations are. I I think some teams are kind of uh, a little bit nervous about. I kind of like a healthy Russell Wilson. I think you might be able to get Russell Wilson for not as much as you would have last year since he's been hurt. I think his the asking price is going to go down a little. It's still going to be probably two first-round picks at least, but it wouldn't be as much as if he was completely healthy. Here's where it gets a little controversial. If Deshaun Watson is found – now, if he's found guilty – Deshaun Watson shouldn't be playing in the NFL. But if Deshaun Watson's found innocent, and again, that's a huge if, could you get Deshaun Watson for a little less than you would have Deshaun Watson two years ago? You could probably get him for a Primanti's sandwich. Well, but if he's... It has fries on the sandwich. I don't know if you realize. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's like a better sandwich. But if he's found innocent, though, I think a lot more teams are going to be coming after him. But, see, I think the big – If is- he's guilty, he's going to jail. So, right, like, right. nobody's at, interested at in that. I think there's a lot of teams who are – Right. right. Uh, I mean, I think if you have to go out and send away several first-round picks or even just high-round you know, low, a <laughs> uh, good picks away, you're still bringing in a guy who, even if he is found innocent or never charged, is still going to lose probably at least a half a season. You guys, I just don't know what, where, where's the positivity into to, right. let's go trade it for Sean Watson and we're still starting Mason Rudolph. I don't know why that's better. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think you can intelligently make a move for Deshaun Watson until you find I, out. Yeah. If he's and I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if we're going to know. And I think the NFL, well, I'll put it this way. I would wait until obviously if he's guilty or not, because if you trade a bunch for a guilty person, that's crazy. And yeah. on many, many levels. Yeah. But even after that, I would wait to say, okay, NFL, how long are you suspending them for? Because if it's a game, it's different than eight or 16 or whatever. Um, yeah, so to me, the big swing isn't just how great that quarterback is. It's more of what you have to trade for him. Like, um, you know, like Derek Carr, what if you can get him for a, maybe one first-round pick or, or one second-round pick? Yeah, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, but if you can get Derek Carr for cheaper – does that make it a little bit more alluring other than saying, oh, great, we got Aaron Rodgers, but, man, we had to give up, you know, three first-round picks for him or something like that. You know, that's another thing that's kind of I've been thinking about lately. But it's also – we still have to wait and see what uh, Josh McDaniel's interested in doing when, now that he's in uh, Vegas. Right. Is he wanting to stick with, with Carr or is he wanting to move him on? Well, and I think it would be insane if he he would have to have that backup plan in place. Like, he would have to say, okay, we have a trade in place for Wilson, or we have a trade in place for Rodgers. Um, yeah, you guys will talk about the draft. I'm not against the draft. 
here's the issue I have with the draft. And again, we were talking to Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. He covers the Bengals about kind of what he sees in the team. And okay, you know, they got Joe Burrow now. Joe Burrow looks great. But how many other guys they draft early that on paper looked great? Like, you know, Geno Smith. Um, uh, well, Achilles Smith was the guy the Bengals drafted. Hey, those guys look good in college. I mean, I bet you if we were evaluating, we may have said, man, Achilles Smith's going to be great. He wasn't. David Klinger, you know, he he was a fantastic college quarterback. Um, He didn't make it in the pros. And, you know, I mean, the Steelers were lucky. They, they didn't swing and miss too much on guys, quarterbacks they drafted. I mean, really the – the first first round pick they drafted in a long time was Big Ben. Big Ben looked great. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett would be great if he worked out. I don't, I don't have anything against Kenny Pickett, but I'm not guaranteeing you Kenny Pickett's going to be great NFL quarterback. I don't. They know. broke Dan Marino's records, but other than that, well, David Klinger threw like that. yeah, but David Klinger threw seventy touchdowns in. As a senior at like but, University of Houston, but yet again, the people who are picking early in the draft are horrible football teams who are <laughs> bad that have no pieces that have no ability to secure what an early what an early draft pick quarterback can do. The greatest quarterback of all time, and I want to cut out my own tongue for saying it, was a sixth-round pick. Right, but even if you look at Burrow. Sixth round. <laughs> let's say for its worth. I think Burrow's a good quarterback. Yeah. But Burrow got a lot better this past year. Yes. When Burrow got an insanely talented receiver in Jamar Chase. Yeah. He has some other good receivers, but I think what – really made Burrow click this year was the fact he had Chase and everything. Yeah, so, um, the, so the Bengals played it perfect. They sucked for a really long time. They had the they had the first pick of the draft and then that guy got hurt right away so they sucked again and were able to get another really great player. That's just how you right. do it. But then you have multiple great players. And so <laughs> many of these other quarterbacks that are chosen first, tell ask the Browns about it. If you don't have the other pieces, they're still going to look bad. It was, funny. and then they just they just suck, and you get in their head, and then they can't play football anymore. They just I have mean, con- Tim Couch should have had the yips. Tim Couch should have had a great NFL career. Yes, but he was broken. <laughs> he was broken by the absolute worst situation you could possibly find yourself in. A, well, a an expansion team that had all the expectations of a historically great team. I'm all for the draft. Um, you know, the Steelers, you know, what was it, 74 draft? They drafted four Hall of Famers in one draft. Right. You you may never see it again. That, that was stupendous, fantastic draft. We, we may well have several left uh coming out of last year's draft. Depending on where we go from here. We could be talking about Fryermuth. We could be talking about Najee. We could be, I mean. Uh, oh, I thought we were talking like Presley Harvin there. <laughs> Trey Norwood. Well, that's not, that's not, but Trey Norwood has really come on. I mean, it's not impossible that there okay, are multiple right. people from last year's draft that could end up in a hall. 
not a hallway. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see those draft picks here, but just to say, multiple guys should go in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's... they're on they're on the track. They have the start that you want to have, okay. instead okay. of the people who have disappeared in their in their first year. Not right. the craziest thing we've said on the show. I mean, it's because the show. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had the corner of the market on saying insane things. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Right. But what I guess what I'm saying is you never know about the draft. Um, sorry to keep plugging our Ohioan podcast, but I uh, got a chance uh, today to talk to Mark Schlereth uh, from ESPN and uh, obviously, you know, longtime lineman for the Broncos. And Check it out. If you, if you don't like the Bengals, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you don't like the Bengals. Um, Schlereff doesn't like the Bengals, and lots of poking fun at the Bengals. And he was talking about he didn't like him as a player because the Bengals were struggling, to say the least, when he played against them. And he's like, Chris, they have all these high draft picks of defense, and they stunk. They weren't that good. We couldn't figure out. We're like, how can you stink when that happens? And so there's a wide range of outcomes. There's 74 Steelers draft where, you know, you're hitting goal with every draft pick. And, the, and you have the Bengals where for a long time they were swinging and missing on every draft pick. So what I'm saying is you guys are definitely right. Maybe you don't totally mortgage the future, but you did well in the draft. You got Najee, you got Fryermuth, who was your two most successful skill players last year. I mean, yeah, you can talk about Deontay, but Deontay was inconsistent. So, you know, you got the skill players in place. Why not pull quarterback around them? That's what I'm struggling with. And again, I'm not completely believing my argument. I'm just, the more I'm looking at this and the more we hear Najee out in the media saying, hey, Deshaun, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I'm I sure I haven't watched the interview, but was there anything in the interview where he kind of got backed into a corner of thinking only of players that were outside of the the system? I mean, I mean, I didn't I didn't watch the interview, but well, I, I could I could easily see him getting backed into a corner where the flow of a conversation has you automatically thinking of these people who are outside of the system instead of the people who are who are inside. I read a comment. Well, I, I was regardless of the situation. What what player in the NFL is going to say? I would love to have Mason Rudolph on my side as I get into formation next year. Somebody who's been coached by the by the media consultant with the team who would say, "Talk about your own well, team." instead of going out here and pumping up other players. Well, I think even they would say no one's going to believe it. Just <laughs> who cares if they believe it? You just say <laughs> what you're supposed to say. Right. And Najee is extremely truthful. And you can say, well, maybe he got back to the corner. Well, they said maybe three guys. I mean, Najee should have just, uh, if you go at it by how he should have said it from a media perspective, he should say, hey, no matter who the quarterback is, we're going to do well there and I'm going to succeed. Yep. Well, he didn't. And to his credit, we know what Najee really was thinking. You know, Najee, I mean, Najee could say, hey, Mason's my boy. You know, go Dwayne Haskins. But no, you know, he's spouting off the other names. And, you know, and again, so you don't have to do just what Najee says. 
I'm just saying, follow Dodgers lead. I mean, let's give ourselves a chance to win next year. The Steelers won nine games with a a roster that was kind of depleted, but they still won nine games. Um, you know, they did tie the Lions. Yeah, the Bengals don't have the most stubbly roster of all time. That needs to be remembered. They did tie the Lions. Bengals are in the Super Bowl. They got past a rough AFC. AFC's tough this year, man. And they got in the Super Bowl with a crappy offensive line. And I don't know. I think the Steelers should follow the same uh, task. All right. Hey, we're a little bit over. So let's take a break and let's uh, do a rapid-fire round where we talk about Mike Munchak and uh, what else? There's a bunch of other stuff. Oh, Juju and other stuff. So uh, we'll be back shortly on the Pittsburgh Steelers behind, uh, behind the Curtain.com network and the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. It's a mouthful, but we're here on New Highland. We'll be right back. Woo! Okay, welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're talking Najee Harris. We're talking about should the Steelers swing big? Nobody mentioned that they should swing big to get Mark Malone. How about that? Blast from the past. <laughs> I don't know what you're Wash, talking about. Get, get a bar or you? How dare yes. you? How dare you, sir? That's madness. <laughs> Very tough. So, Is yeah. Bradshaw still available? We can yes. get Bradshaw. Yeah. Bradshaw could probably underhand the ball. You know, we know Big Ben has some arm issues. Sure. Big Ben's arm is probably golden. Why not? Bradshaw's right Just now. get a walker out there. Just yeah. go ahead. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> well, Bradshaw can just hand off 100 times a game. It just will never throw. How about that? We'll make it work. It'll be good. All right. Well, let's talk about a couple other things happening in Steelers country. Um, we were talking about Juju. I sent you guys another link. I can't remember it now, but um, there was a story that came out late last night. Uh, Juju was doing an event. Um, NFL players do these events now during Super Bowl week where they represent somebody, and it sounds like Juju wants to go. Uh, they asked him about uh, – he said he wanted to explore free agency. He talked about how Dallas has a nice program. Uh, I think, Joe, you and I talked last week about some interest he had in Kansas City. Here's my take on Juju. I think he came back to Pittsburgh because he liked Ben. He wanted to play with Ben. I think he was secretly hoping Ben would come back next year. Obviously, he didn't. He retired. So, Juju's like, hey, no Ben, no me. What do you think? Yeah, I think I was shocked he even came back this year. Um, I I would be even more shocked if he comes back next year. Um, More power to him. Yeah, I think that was kind of his plan all along, just play it safe. And then this offseason when uh, the salary cap goes up, you know, cash in his chips, see what kind of offer he can get. Um, I, I think we, you know, not that we have a great receiving core, but I think with upgraded quarterback, I think we, we could probably be okay without him. Uh, I don't know that I would have said that a year ago. Um, 
but I, I, you know, have fun, Juju, wherever you go. Yeah, the other segment we uploaded on BeyondTheSilkCurtain.com in Ohio this week, I talked to Charlie Goldsmith from the Cincinnati Inquirer. And, guys, I was surprised. I have not been kind on Steelers wide receivers this year, uh, but it sounds like Charlie has hope with, with a upgraded quarterback, uh, which surprised me. Did that surprise you? Well, the whole thing becomes uh, a different game if there's a different quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think we have guys who have speed. We've got we've got some guys who can who can find ways of getting separation and have done so with Ben. Uh, ben has always been good at finding receivers and building that rapport with people who then have struggled in other in other locations. So who who knows what the future will hold with for Juju as he moves on or the way that an incoming quarterback, whoever that person is, um, builds rapport with the receiving core that's here. I, I do think that if we if uh, Juju does move on, I think there's some room to explore other options and fill in gaps that we don't really have filled in the receiving core in terms of people who are really good across the middle. Um, I think that's that's a piece that Juju was good at and probably better than most anybody else we had we have on the on the roster right now. So yeah. that that would be an important piece that we would lose with him. Obviously the huge question is obviously for Steelers, who do you get quarterback? But I'll tell you what other thing I'm fascinated about and look at the Steelers offseason is who in receiver is going to become interested depending on the quarterback that they would see. Right. So say Russell Wilson comes to Pittsburgh. Well are you going to hear from more Quality receivers going, dang, it'd be fun to play with Russell Wilson. I'd like to come to Pittsburgh, too. Or if Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is your quarterback, are you going to see Chase Claypool say, hey, I'm out of here, and Deontay <laughs> Johnson say, I'm out of here? It's going to be interesting. I, I like to see what happens. I think there's a little a- concern that uh, Washington's going to walk. Yeah. Um, and I think Deontay Johnson – is not a free agent, free agent, but this is their chance to resign him. If they to a longer contract, if they don't sign for a longer contract, they may lose him too. And I'll be honest, I know Deontay Johnson had over 100 receptions. I'm not a guy who says pay that man number one money. I don't think he's the number one receiver. I don't think no. so either. And I think Deontay Johnson can be like, hey, I got 100 balls. I won't be a number one receiver. Well, I mean, he's probably the best receiver they have right then, now. Then catch all the other ones. Yeah, but he's not playing like a number one receiver. I mean, right. he's the best receiver the Steelers currently have in the roster, but they need a better, you know, better one. So, like I said, it, it's funny. This could be a significantly different receiver room. And trying to look away from Paul because I'm, I'm a little Sorry, my, my cat he's, is he's uh, experiencing something I, in the basement down there. Okay. My cat's four feet away. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I thought it was that foot we were talking about before. I was like, no, <laughs> it's not the foot. There's a lot of nastiness going on down here. <laughs> it's one funky basement. Very good. Hey, uh, something else. And again, um, read a bunch right before we went on the air. Uh, did you see the guys that were placed at uh, Clem? 
at the end of the year, they brought in this guy. He was their assistant line coach. He was kind of the interim guy when Clem left. He got hired away by the Bears today. So the Sewers have to look elsewhere for offensive line coach. But the Broncos hired a guy from Green Bay, Hackett, to be their head coach. He brought in a different offensive line coach. And you say, why does this matter? Well, Mike Munchak, the Steeler offensive line whisperer, did such a great job for the Steelers. He left Pittsburgh to go to Denver a couple years ago. He's a free agent. I don't know, guys. Do you think you, you want him back? I mean, this could be interesting. I mean, we, I mean, Munchak did a great job for the Steelers. He made the line into a really good one, and they kind of lost over the past couple of years. Well, if we can, if we have the option of uh, you know getting getting that back, let's do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I would prefer that things go better on the line. That would well, be nice. And the interesting thing is, he actually left. When he left Pittsburgh to go to Denver, it was a lateral move, which usually doesn't happen coaching. But he did that to be close to his family. I guess he's a granddad and everything. Um, so you might say, well, his family is still in Denver, but he doesn't have a job now. You know, right? Coach there brought his own guy, so it should be interesting. He oh, probably would prefer to have a job rather than not have a job. <laughs> this is the other thing. Let's try touching this quickly. I forgot the other thing we we're going to talk about. Uh, no. Huge news out of the NFL this week. Uh, Brian Flores, uh, the former coach of Miami, suing the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some claims of racism. Um, some pretty hard evidence. I mean. Apparently, Bill Belichick texted him thinking it was Brian Dable and got singles crossed. And uh, Flores was upset because Belichick told him the job was going to Brian Dable. And this is before Flores even interviewed with the Giants. So, you know, there's a Rooney role that, you know, the Rooney set up. Very good. I mean, I think we need to interview all qualified candidates, but. I think the thing I don't like about that rule is you say, oh, you just have to interview one person of color. It's kind of like a token interview. I don't think that's how the Rooney's want it to be set up, but it's turning into now where you say, oh, we got to interview a guy of color, so Brian Flores, come on in, we'll interview you, and have no intention of hiring him. I think something needs to change. I don't think we need to have Half people of color as coaches just to have half people of color. But the fact that Mike uh, Tomlin is our only African-American head coach in the NFL, come on. I mean, something smells here. <laughs> and that a bunch of guys just lost their job, particularly Brian Flores, when he did essentially a brilliant job making anything out of a really terrible rebuilding Miami Dolphins team. There's no reason to have fired him, period. Right. But why then can that guy not turn around and get an interview before they've already hired somebody else? Why would you already hire somebody before you've done interviewing? I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. The only thing I would side, and there's a story coming out of Cleveland where Hugh Jackson's claiming and you know, we could say, ha ha, he was one in 31. Well, Hugh Jackson claimed, and apparently they say they have evidence that they paid him money to lose games. Now, I will say this 
if you're dumping on a coach because of this race, you're you're horrible. Don't do yeah. this. There's no room for races in the NFL. I, I mean, I know we like to joke around and say goofy stuff, but racism sucks. It's evil. It's bad. Don't do it. I'm unequivocally. Be mindful of that. However, I will say, look at the NBA. The Cleveland Cavs, the year before they drafted LeBron James, tanked so horribly. I went to probably 10 <laughs> games that year. Oh, they didn't care. Their team stunk. There was 500 people in the stands, everything else. Tanking well, happened. to be fair, that season, Ricky Davis purposely missed a shot oh, so he yeah. can get his own rebound to right. add his stats. stats. So tanking does happen. Now, if you do it from a racial semblance, you're horrible and you're evil. But tanking has happened in the NFL. Um, remember what happened the year before the, the Colts drafted Andrew Luck? They sucked for luck, okay? And they sucked for luck. It wasn't like, oh, they just lost a bunch of games. They sucked for him. So I don't – that doesn't bother me as much. But when you're intentionally not hiring um, African-American or people of color as your head coaches, you stink. You know what I mean? But taking this happened. I, happen. I someone... don't know where uh, – I don't know which commentator I heard this from, but it was definitely something on an ESPN program within the past couple of days. They were making the specific point that for the for the bulk, the massive majority of uh, coaches of color being hired over the past ten years, has been in teams that had were in rebuilding mode, that had zero expectation of doing well. Almost what Hugh Jackson is talking about, like. You're going to lose anyway, so let's lose with this guy. And then when we actually get through a couple of drafts and have some more pieces together, then we'll hire a different coach, and it'll, you know, in that sense, it'll look like that coach turned everything around. But uh, being the owners being okay with hiring a coach of color almost because they knew they were going to lose, which just seems yeah. insane to me. But that's where they were willing to make those kinds of hires was almost exclusively in a scenario where there was very little expectation that the team would win. I'm mad at the Houston Texans. I mean, Josh now is a nice veteran quarterback that I'm sure could help people out. But you've got Eric Bieniemy out there. And I yeah. think Andy Reid is the architect of that Chiefs offense. But I'm sure Eric Bieniemy has a huge role in the offense too. I'm sure he's just not sitting there going, even, you know. Even <laughs> if he made almost zero choices, he right. just sat at the seat of the person who did. So you I, know, and and I know that like the person who's doing the offensive coordinating for Patrick Mahomes, who just goes out and makes magic, uh, Byron Leftwich, who is the right. offensive coordinator for Tom Brady right now. Gosh, how do you look good as an offensive coordinator when you got Tom Brady out there, um, you know, doing his spectacular all-time greatness? Uh, and but, you know, worked for Josh McDaniel. He's got his second head coaching opportunity, even though the first one went so horrendously horrible that he went back to his old job. Uh, but he's got another another shot. How does this not how is this not working? I don't understand. 
How the heck? No. How did how did how does Jacksonville not hire Byron Byron Leftwich on the spot? That's still pending. I think Leftwich. It's won. still pending, but they had an interview with him, and he is right. still unhired. Last I heard, I think Leftwich wants them to get rid of the GM and hire a GM. Yes. Now, which they should do, right? Because that guy's not a GM. <laughs> now, here's the thing: Jacksonville is kind of a intriguing job because even though the team sinks, you got a nice young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Now, I will say it would make me angry if you hired Josh McNown and. Houston over, uh, you know, Eric Bienemy, or and I, I'm not even sure if they even contacted Bienemy. And to be honest, the Texans are awful. I mean, I'm not even sure if Bienemy would want to go there. But what I'm saying is, if you had the chance to bring in an Eric Bienemy, why? Or let's say a Brian Forrest. I, I mean, Brian he's Forrest. In, yeah, he's in danger of being blackballed. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I mean, probably. I wouldn't right. be surprised at all. If but, he was, if he never ended up getting a head coaching position in the NFL again, but even with that news, I'm sure the NFL is angry with him. If I'm a Houston, I would say, okay, I don't care. Brian Flores runs laps around Josh McNown. Eric Bieniemy runs laps around Josh McNown. We're going to hire that guy, and it's, and it's going to be good. I mean, here's what I would do if I'm the Steelers. I I haven't heard anything recently about the defensive coordinator search. Flores. <clears throat> Got was great, um, yes. because of um, what he did defensively with, with the Patriots. You know, the Dolphins noticed that they're like, Hey, come down and be our head coach. Here's what I'd say Pittsburgh, you hire Flores tonight as your defensive coordinator. Yes. Tomlin, I, I don't, I mean, Tom's not old, I mean, he's not gonna leave soon, soon, but why well, sit there with Flores and say, Hey, man, you know. Be cool. You're, you'll be our head coach when Tomlin ever leaves, you know? And I'm not saying that just because they're people of color. I'm saying that because these guys can coach. I mean, you know, Forrest took a piece of crap that was a Dolphins roster last year and made it pretty good. So right. Good. So I, think that'd be, I think that'd be a great move. I'm looking at the time, and we need to end. <laughs> so thanks for checking out our Behind the Silk Curtain uh, coms. Pittsburgh Show Power Half Hour, uh, also presented by the Ohio Network, where you can check out uh, more Steelers content. You can check out the Xero Show that we're going to record shortly. Lots of stuff going on. Be sure to check it out. And also, and again, apologize for doing a bunch of Highland plugs, but uh, on the Highland, we also dropped interviews with Anthony Munoz, a longtime Bingle, as well as Mark Schlereff. And if you're out there saying, why should I listen to Mark Schlaer? If you don't like the Bengals, you're going to love it. Because Mark Schlaer says lots of mean things about the Bengals. So check those out. Uh, for Paul, Joe, I'm Chris. Have a great day. And thanks for checking us out.